The focus of this Mishnah is witnesses who are invalid due to being craven, to be related to one of the people involved in the case. And the question is, how closely related does he need to be in order to be invalid? The following are people who are invalid due to being related to one of the people involved. And there are really three different levels of invalidation. One is Rishain Barishain, which is first level to first level. And that refers to a case where you are, the, you are a direct relative, and the reason why you're related to that person is not due to anybody else in between you two. For example, a father and a son, or two brothers. They are as close to related as possible. There's nobody else in between them, which is the reason why they are related. That is called Rishain Barishain. The next level is Rishon Basheni, first level to second level. For example, a grandfather and the grandson. There's one person in between them, which is the reason why they are related. So that's considered first level to second level, or an uncle. That would also be first level to second level. And the third category is Sheni Basheni, second level to second level, which would be, for example, first cousins. There are two people in between them, which are the cause for them being related. So all of these people would be considered invalid witnesses because they are related. Somebody who is further removed than that, for example, the first cousin's son, he would already be able to give testimony against that other person because they are too farly removed. Now, it's also important to realize before we start the Mishnah that marriage basically makes the husband and wife considered like one person. So if let's say you're considered to be related to a particular woman, her husband would be equally invalid. So the Mishnah says, the following people are considered to be related closely enough that they would be invalid witnesses. Oviv, one's father, the Ochiv, one's brother, the Achi Oviv. So, so those, those first two are Rishon Barishon, they're first level to first level. Vachi Oviv, one's father's brother, that's an uncle, that's already the second level. Vachi Imoi, one's mother's brother, Uval Achisoi, one's sister's husband, Uval Achis Oviv, one's father's sister's husband, just like you're forbidden to one's uncle. One's uncle will be invalid, so to one's uncle's wife. Sorry, one's aunt's husband. Uval achis imay, or one's mother's sister's husband. Uval imay, or one's stepfather, one's mother's husband. V'chomiv, one's father-in-law, v'gisay, a brother-in-law. And this would even include one's wife's sister's husband. All of the people we just mentioned, hein uvneim v'chasneen. Them and their sons and their sons-in-law would all be under the category of close enough relatives to be invalid. V'chargoi and one's stepson, levadoi alone. Meaning one's stepson's son is already too far removed. But one's stepson himself, he would be an invalid witness. Um, Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Yaisi said, Akiva. This is the opinion of Rabbi Akiva, our Mishnah But the original Mishnah, the original law, was that who is considered to be a relative who is an invalid witness? Doidoi uven doidoi. One's uncle or one's uncle's son. That is a quote of a posuk which talks about inheritance laws. The and anybody who is fit to inherit the other person would be considered to be a relative such that he wouldn't be able to testify against him. The same laws regarding inheritance apply to being an invalid witness, and this makes a very big difference in terms of men and women. There are big differences in terms of inheritance regarding female members of the family and male members. So this would be a very big difference between the two opinions. 
What happens if somebody is related to the witness at a particular time? He was related, but he's no longer related. For example, for example one's son-in-law. If his daughter dies, he's no longer considered to be related to his son-in-law. So once the daughter dies, the son-in-law would be a valid witness. They're no longer considered to be related. Even in a case where one's daughter dies, but there are still children who are surviving. The daughter had children with this son-in-law, and the children are still alive. In that case, the son-in-law is also still considered to be related due to the fact that there are still children who are alive, which he had with this daughter. Harizakari, they would be considered related and an invalid witness. Hey, another type of invalid witness is a very close friend and an enemy. They are also invalid. Now, what is considered to be an oyev, a very close friend? This is a shushvin. It was discussed at the end of Meseches Basra, the custom of shushvinus, that when somebody would get married, the close friends would bring various gifts to the wedding, and it was a type of loan even, but those who would give him this would be very close friends. So on the wedding day, and according to Sam, for the entire week of the Shevabrachas, the first week of marriage, their close relationship is considered to be much more close, and during that week there will be invalid witnesses. Soine, what is considered to be an enemy, anybody who didn't speak with another person for three days out of hatred, that is considered to be a soine who would be an invalid witness. Omrulay, the Chachom said to be Yehuda, very interestingly, Klal are not suspected of testifying against somebody else falsely just because they are a close friend or an enemy. No member of Klal is suspected of such a thing, and therefore there's no such thing as an invalidation due to being a close friend or an enemy. Now the truth is that even the Chachomim agree with regards to Dayonim, the judges, if they are close friends or enemies, they would be invalid. But concerning the witnesses, nobody is suspected of testifying falsely due to being a close friend or an enemy. Mishnah Vov. Now the Mishnah begins its long discussion of the actual process of the judgment and how it would take place. And this is going to take us throughout the next few parakim. And the Mishnah asks, How would they examine and check the witnesses to see if they are true and telling the truth? And they would bring them into the basin and intimidate them. They would make sure they realize the severity of testifying falsely. And after that, they would take everybody outside. They would make sure that the only people present in the basin are the two people involved in the case, Reuven and Shimon. And they would leave the greater member, the greater witness, the more respectable witness out of the two, they would leave him there and they would interrogate him. They would interrogate him not in front of the other witness. The and they would say to him, Emor, tell us, how do you know that this person, let's say Shimon, owes money to Ruvain? We're discussing a monetary case. So Im Omar, if this witness said, Who Shimon told me that he owes Ruvain money. He admitted to me that he owes Ruvain money. Or a particular person, a very important person, told me that Shimon is, he owes Ruvain money. In these two cases, there are my clue, he hasn't said anything. This is not a valid testimony. He needs, needs to testify about the actual thing, not just that he heard from somebody else, even if it's the person himself who's involved in the case. 
That's not enough to give testimony. Unless he says, In front of us, us, the two witnesses, Shimon admitted to Ruvain that he owes him money. That he owes him 200 zuz. Then they would bring in the second witness, and they would tell the first witness to go out. And they would interrogate him in the same manner as they interrogated the first witness. If their words are found to be similar and fit with each other, then they would tell the second witness to also leave, and the judges would discuss the matter, and they would discuss the various sides of the argument, whether they think that the witnesses told the truth or not, and then they would come to give their decision. If two of them say that I think that he is innocent, that Shimon does not owe Reuven money, but one of the judges says that I think that Shimon does owe the money. In that case, we follow the majority, and Zakai, Shimon would not owe the money to Reuven. If two of them say that Shimon is liable to give money to Reuven, but one of them says that he is not, again, we follow the majority, and Chayev, he would be liable to give the money. What happens if one of the judges says that he is innocent, he doesn't owe money, and one of them says that he is guilty, he does owe the money. Or even if two of them say that he is innocent and that he does not owe the money, and or two of them say that he does owe the money. But the third witness says, I don't know. Now, whatever he's going to say is basically irrelevant. We already have a majority. Nevertheless, if he doesn't make a decision and he doesn't give his verdict, then the decision cannot be made and no verdict of Basin can be given unless it's coming from all three of them. And therefore, you see for what they are, they should add on more judges and discuss the matter more until all of them will come to a decision and again they will follow the majority. Once they came to a decision, they would bring back both of the people involved, Reuven and Shimon, and the greatest member of the judges, he is the one who is going to tell them what the verdict is. That way it wouldn't be clear and they wouldn't know which of the judges said what. It would be fixed that always the greatest one would be the one who would say the decision. And Omer, he would say, Ishpelaini, so-and-so, let's say, Shimon, Atozakai, you are innocent, you do not owe the money. Or, if the case was that he does owe the money, he would tell him, Ishpelaini, so-and-so, Shimon, Atochayev, you are liable to give Ruvin the money. And the Mishnah adds, From where do we know that if one of the judges goes out when he leaves the base in Leoimar, he shouldn't tell Shimon Animazake. You should just know that I was the one, I thought you were innocent and that you didn't owe the money. But my two other friends, the two other members of the judges, they are the ones who said you are guilty. So what could I have done? That the other members of the base then were the majority. And so the decision was made according to them. But you should just know that I was on your side. Says the Mishnah, this is forbidden. About this, the Apostle says, Don't be a gossiper among your people. The Omer and a different Apostle says, What is it to be considered a gossiper? Somebody who goes as a gossiper. He is somebody who reveals a secret which should not be told. And such a judge comes under this category and therefore he would violate that prohibition if he tells them who, which members of the judges said what.